Welcome to the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber and I am your confidence coach, specializing in communication and personal transformation. I practice this through feng shui and organization, coaching, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, and all that spirituality woo-woo. My mission in life and goal with this podcast is to help you achieve total freedom and optimize your life by building confidence within your mind, body, and spirit. I'm here to tell you that confidence is not something that you earn, but rather something that you learn. And with confidence, personal, time, and financial freedom are already manifesting deep within you. So if you love personal development, spirituality, and shit that blows your mind, then you are exactly where you are meant to be. I already know we're going to evolve to a whole other level together. So without further ado, let's take the next step on your journey of becoming confidently you. Hello, Confident Soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber, and I am your host on your confidence building journey. Today, I am honored to have a special guest on the podcast. Her name is Tessa Tineo, and she is an integrative health practitioner. And it's my understanding that she is the only one in Saskatchewan. So if you live in my neck of the woods in Saskatchewan, she is the only one that practices this here. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned and listen into some of the really great nuggets of info that she shares with us today. She debunks some myths about women's health, specifically around our menstrual cycles, and also offers us some really great tips about integrating simple health practices into our everyday lives while also considering our children and potentially hesitant partners. So I'm really excited to dive right in and just let her let her blow your mind. So without further ado, let us have a listen in on the interview with Tessa. Welcome, Tess, to the Confidently You podcast. I am really excited that we got together today and that we could do this. And I am really excited to just dive right in. Could you please share with us your story? What guided to where you are now? And like, how did you get here to this point in your life? Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be excited to be here. I'm a fan of the podcast. So I hope I hope that some people find some tidbits in this conversation because I've found a lot of tidbits in a lot of your other ones. So um, so I am currently living here in Saskatoon, but we haven't I wasn't born and raised here. I'm from outside of North Battleford, so it's a small town not too far away. And I grew up on the farm. Um, When I was like 11 years old, we moved to the farm. So I, yeah, I, this holistic health field that I work in now was not on my radar at all. Um, My parents are pretty conservative farmers. So it was decided pretty like before I even came to university that I was going to be looking at doing speech pathology or something that would make me a pretty healthy income. And it was more of a, I would say traditional style of role. Um, So back fast forward to now, I 
have two kids and I live with my husband. And when my husband and I started dating, a little bit about me, my parents did not like him. And we moved to Saskatoon from the farm so that I could go to university. And my parents were not happy about that. They didn't help us financially as much as they maybe would have had we not moved in together. So that's, it was a rough start from the beginning moving to the city. Um, I took a degree in linguistics. I know we share that in common uh, with that intention of going into speech pathology because the path was kind of already laid out for me by my parents. It's what they saw value in and they really wanted me to see value in it too. And I pretended like I did. Um, I actually did not like my degree at all. It wasn't my path and it wasn't, I think, I realize now it's not maybe what I should have done, but it's led me to where I am now. So um, when I finished my degree, I did not have honors. I was not an A plus student. I basically coasted through on friendships and partying and <laughs> was not, <laughs> health was not a priority. Um, I was vegetarian, but I wasn't doing it right. I, yeah, I was just, I felt like I wasn't living the life I wanted. So I was kind of trying to look for other areas of my life that I could control. And luckily I had a solid relationship with my husband and that was about it. Everything else was very flaky, flaky friendships and everything. And I started working at the university after my degree and I loved the people, but it was very toxic. And again, I felt like I was just working someplace where I was supposed to be. Um, I had a degree. I was supposed to be working in a pretty good position so I could make some money. Speech pathology didn't work out. So I ended up at the university. And again, I just wasn't on my path. And I felt, I didn't realize how unhappy I was until um, that job ended and I wasn't working there anymore. And I had my daughter and I started looking at my life in a different lens and I wanted to be happy and I wasn't actually very happy. So that's what led me to the field I'm in now was my journey to find happiness and to maybe get out of some toxic workplace and relationships. And yeah, yeah, so that's where, that's what led me to where I am now. Thank you for sharing. I, I mean, we've talked about linguistics before. I actually did not know though, or maybe you told me and I didn't hear you, um, that you were going into speech, speech pathology. So mm. that's really interesting. That's something I was also interested in, but um, isn't on my path anymore. But mm -hmm. I have a lot of respect for the, for the field, but um, yeah, just not part of my journey anymore so I just practice communication in other ways <laughs> yeah totally yep so can you tell us a little bit more specifically about the work that you do and why are you so passionate about it yeah so um so I mentioned a little bit about university and how it was not it's not the healthiest I've ever been that's for sure I think for everyone they have to discover who they are when they're challenged in a position like when they're really under high stress and when they're busy all the time, school keeps you busy. It kind of keeps you so busy that you can't focus on what you actually want to do. And there's like dream building and goal setting isn't a big part 
of university for most people. So <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So I was really sick actually in university. I had a lot of health issues. I was diagnosed with IBS because I had such bad digestive pain. It was awful. My whole gut would, it was very distended after I would eat. I would have such bad bloating and such bad pain. I'd have to leave class and go into the student lounge and lay on my belly and, or in the fetal position. Like I had to lay down. I couldn't sit in a chair. It just hurt so bad. Um, it was really disruptive to my life and it was, it was awful. I later found out that I was having stomach acid issues. I was having issues with my gallbladder. I had polyps on my gallbladder. I was having uh, reoccurring cysts on my ovaries. I had like the, all the hormonal issues. So the acne, really painful cystic acne on the chin, really painful periods, premenstrual cycle was heavy. And like, it was, I was not the epitome, epitome of health, even though I was a vegetarian and I thought that was healthy. I first of all, wasn't doing it right. And second of all, I was under such high stress and I wasn't coping with it and it really wreaked havoc on my body. So I found holistic health. When I left university, I started seeing a naturopath and she really opened my eyes to holistic medicine. She wasn't able to help me as much as I had hoped she would. So I didn't really have faith in holistic medicine until I found the program and I was able to heal myself. Um, lab testing and protocols for heavy metals and candida and internal imbalances. I had all of I had all of those things. I had everything. And it took about six months and I was able to heal myself. So that's that's what convinced me that it was this was real and I could help others do the same. Mm, thank you for sharing that. So I feel like I can relate to a lot of your story. I mean, no, I haven't been like clinically diagnosed with the things that you're talking about, but um, I have had similar struggles as you with like painful periods um, and other like PMS symptoms, et cetera. Um, and I too have found a lot of healing through food and like simple diet changes. I too was uh, used to be a vegetarian. I was vegetarian for eight years. Um, I would say at a certain point I was quote unquote, not doing it right. And I think maybe what you mean by that is, um, not seeking out, uh, proper nutrients for, for being a vegetarian and making sure that you're getting all of the, all of the nutrients that you need. But, you know, at some point you come across information that is like life-changing to you and, and helps you change your perspective. So. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I really believe that confidence comes from radical self-love and caring for your energy. And I really feel like this is what you're talking about when you started investigating these forms of holistic healing. So can you share with, share with us what it means to take radical responsibility for your health? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I think for a lot of people, when it comes to our health issues, there's this view that it's genetic or like this is going to happen because my mom 
my mom has breast cancer, so it's it's gonna hit me sooner or later. Or um, I've always had gut issues, and I'm always gonna have gut issues. Mm-hmm. So we we build this idea in our mind of what our health is and what what it will be like, um, what our life is gonna be like, and it's all based on this this label. Um, so for me, what it looked like to take radical responsibility, it was not really accepting that this was normal. Cause I think for a lot of us, especially women, we get so brushed off when we go to see the doctor with issues. Fibromyalgia, for example, wasn't even clinically, a, it wasn't a diagnosis until like 10 years ago because doctors didn't believe women when they said they were just in pain. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the case for a lot of women when it comes to our cycles pain is just brushed off and told it's like we're told it's normal the pain is normal um any gut issues men and women we're really just told it's normal we're given an IBS diagnosis we're given a pill and we're kind of sent out the door so radical responsibility is not accepting that not accepting that you need to be in pain not accepting that this is how your life is going to be it's accepting that this is what it is right now it sucks and if this person can't help you then you can just go find someone who can and in my case I found mentorship through Stephen Cabral that's the program that I took he he started that program I found his podcast and he became my mentor I don't know him one-on-one but I think even having finding mentors like that in the virtual world, we have access to the internet and there's so many knowledge, like experts in the health world and experts on every single ailment, like from autoimmune disease to cancer, to, to everything. You can find your own mentors virtually and they can kind of lead you on the path and then really starting to build your own health team in your community. I think that's what, that's what's so radical about taking responsibility for your health because it's not accepting what one person says is the truth, especially when it comes to your health. You are responsible for your own body and for your happiness and for your health. And that means you have that power to build your own team and to try and find answers and to decide what, what is normal for you, what labels you will accept and what labels you won't accept. And yeah, so that's, that's what I try and help clients do. And my health changed completely when I took responsibility for, for what I was experiencing. Yeah. And I really think you touched on an important point about mentors. I think that um, finding a mentor that really resonates with you and speaks your language is so important because you need help. Everybody needs support. Everybody needs help in anything that you're trying to achieve, whether it be to mm, make more money or learn about this or to take charge of your health. We all need a support system. And it's important to have those mentors in place so that it helps you hold yourself accountable. And and you're also like learning from um, other people leading by example. So, and, and it helps you like maintain your focus in the sense like, okay, this person's doing it that makes it possible for me. So to watch other people um, lead by example is so critical in um, any type of journey that you begin to embark on. So um, I totally, 
agree with you in that sense. And especially in a date in, in, a, in an age where everything is so easily obtainable, like you have a phone, like you want to learn about something, just search it and you'll find it. Like I recently, Mm -hmm. um, came into learning about human design. So I wanted to learn more about human design. And so I like went on podcasts and wrote out human design and I got so many different podcast options for me to listen to, or like searched it on Instagram. And there's all of these people that are like experts in this field talking about it. So yeah, like finding a mentor is really easy actually. And I think that it is such a, I agree. It's such a critical part of, of your journey too. So yeah. Um, as for talking about energy, I am all about energy. It is, um, kind of like the, the flagstone principle out of my principles of confidence. So can you tell us how your energy or the energy of your clients has changed since implementing these holistic principles that you teach? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I can't really speak for my clients because I've always incorporated holistic modalities in my coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't start coaching until I had received my integrative health practitioner certificate. And that was really holistic and in, it's integrative, like in its, in its whole. So with my clients, that's what they're exposed to from the beginning. But for myself, um, I, I guess the biggest energy shift and you are, you're the expert in this was confidence. Mm -hmm. I like when you start to take control over your health and when you start to accept that you are not a victim to your past or your experiences, you're not a victim to anything you were exposed to or you chose you're not a victim of those things you learn from them and you you those are tools that you take forward with you you're not a victim to your genetics we're not a victim to anything we we get to control what happens like we don't get to control what happens we get to control how we respond mm. and i think that is so powerful and it does it like you, it's so hard not to be confident when you take control over that because uh, I don't know about you, but I crave control. That's, <laughs> that's definitely my, so talking about human designs, that's, yeah. that's definitely what I learned about myself through my design. I am, um, I'm a generator. I can work, 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 and I crave control. So, and working is my form of control. So another form of control is taking control of my health. So getting, understanding that I get to decide who gets to be on my health team. I get to decide who my doctor is. If I don't like my doctor, I can go find a new one. I'm not stuck mm-hmm. with anyone. Uh, just like relationships, just like the workplace. It's so empowering to know that you don't have to do anything you don't want to. You get to choose mm-hmm. and choosing to be happy along the way. Nothing happens immediately and understanding everything is a process and just grasping on to happiness the whole way. Um, yeah confidence has been the biggest key but when it comes to energy in the form of the woo-woo the woo-woo energy (laughs) I guess (laughs) I guess it would just be the biggest change I've noticed is I attract a different type of person into my life now Mm. and that's pretty powerful too like it's making friends is so easy now and everyone that I meet is in this sphere every like we just pull each other towards 
we, we gravitate towards each other. And the more that you're vocal about who you are and how you view health or whatever it is in your life, the more you talk about it to others, the more you put it out into the universe, the more it brings it right back to you. So I'm so blessed that my health community found me um, mm. and my, my health team found me. So it's, it's really, and it's such a blessing to get to help people do that too and discover their own group of mentors that, that can help them heal. Oh yeah. I love that. It's interesting how that kind of comes full circle, how a person taking radical responsibility for their life or their health or whatever it is that they're focusing on. It's interesting how you can like draw those correlations. Like, yes, I'm like attracting better friends into my life that are more in alignment with who I am. Like you wouldn't expect those types of things to happen when you're, when you're in your box of like focusing, okay, I'm going to incorporate this into my health routine and blah, blah, blah. You don't like, often people don't realize the domino effect that taking that responsibility in your life that has on your life, but I can completely relate to what you're talking about because the more that you like align your health, your physical health, the more that it enables you to live in alignment in other areas of your life, because you have this like renewed energy within yourself that you, and now you're not going to put up with bullshit. You know, I don't put that, I don't put that garbage food into my body why would I allow this garbage person yes. into my life? Yeah. So it, yes. just, like, comes in, it comes full yeah. circle and how like other things into your life. Okay. When it even comes to like objects, like you're going shopping and you're say you're looking for clothes and you're like, no, that doesn't align with me, but that aligns with me. It's like this building this practice into yourself, like mm-hmm. in- incorporating that into all areas of life. Yes love it (laughs) yeah totally I think it really it's integrity you know you Mm. just become you become I like to say it's finding it's remembering who you are you know like that's the more steps you take it's it all has to do with aligning with what your purpose is right but the more that you understand that everything is a choice how you feel is a choice how you respond is a choice taking back that power it's yeah yeah it really just really like you the picture of who you are just gets it just gets bigger that you have say you start with just a few puzzle pieces you don't really know who you are when you take back that control you just keep adding more pieces to the picture and it's you can see it you can see who you are you know what your values are and that's your integrity right like you you know who you are and once that picture is built it doesn't like those pieces don't just come not falling apart like it's mm-hmm. built and it's like with every piece that you add it's just it's solidified it's there now that's yeah. who you are and you get to see it and it's like yeah it's so incredible mm-hmm. and the the level of once you have that picture the level of trust that you build in yourself from knowing that truth within yourself it carries into everything that you do in life. And that's where that alignment comes into those things that I was talking about before. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I totally agree with that. 
So let's talk about women's health specifically, because I know that's what you tend to focus on in your business. So what are some common misconceptions or untold truths about women's health that you're really passionate to educate people about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I touched on it a little bit about um, all around. I love to talk about periods. That's, (laughs) that's, that's just fun, because it's such a it's a topic that a lot of women, especially older women that I work with that are maybe in their forties or fifties, they, they've never talked about their period because their doctor doesn't actually care. And it was so taboo. I feel like only now it's starting to become a topic people, women will talk about and menstrual cups and flow and mood and syncing your cycle with your productivity and stuff like that. This is all really new. So Mm -hmm. I really like to encourage women to talk about their menstrual health, to become more self-aware about pain associated with it. Understand that pain is not normal. And it's really, it's hard because it's so ingrained in us that certain things are normal. And we really, Mm -hmm. we just accept it, right? Like, you get you can get used to being in pain too like we and we do we get used to discomfort we get used to this yeah we're just told it's going to be painful you're going to have it for the rest of your life it's going to be it's going to be awful it's going to be a really terrible week in your life in that month then it gets better but then it's going to come back the next month Mm. so I really I try and teach women the power of their periods so that they can really harness that power in it I love my period and I want other women to love it too so misconceptions would be that pain is normal that it's okay not to have a period amenorrhea that's not okay that birth control is has no side effects that's not true birth control comes with a whole slew of side effects aside from strokes increased chance of strokes and clots that's about all they tell you um yeah there's some long-term effects to birth control and it's it's something that i think our women are starting to see it now that you don't need to necessarily stop your period or you don't need to take control of it in that sense we don't need to control everything about our health we can we can control what we decide to do with it but we don't need we just going with the flow literally (laughs) we don't need to make sure our period is only five days and then we start our pill pack again we don't we if we look at our period as a symptom of something going on internally that's out of balance or that's functioning really well then it's great because we see it as this monthly check-in of how our body is doing So Mm -hmm. if your period is really painful one month and not the next, then chances are it has to do with maybe your diet was off that month. Maybe you were really stressed that month. Maybe your sleep was off. Maybe you were just really, really busy and your circadian rhythm kind of got out of whack. But then it's okay. It got back on track the next month. That's what your period is for. It's meant to actually help you keep track of how you did that month prior So journaling is so powerful for that reason, because we can actually see, we can see what affected us. Maybe we didn't 
adapt or cope with that stress as well as we thought we did. We internalized mm. it and then it came out. It came out at the end of the month and our period is really heavy. Our period is really cloddy. Um, yeah, we just, we felt awful during those three days. We need to take it as a sign of how we're doing internally. We don't need to control it. We don't need to stop it. It's normal. But yeah, so that's a big misconception is that periods are just this gross blah time that we that we kind of need to ignore and control with pain meds and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, that couldn't be farther from the truth. Mm-hmm. And like touching on control, it's like finding the, the happy balance between controlling your health, but also surrendering to what is meant to occur naturally. Good right? way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is, um, mm, we're either one way or the other. We completely surrender and then we, you know, fall into experiencing pain or have dis-ease in the body, like completely surrendering and not taking any control, or we take too much control and also experience adverse effects. Um, and like when talking about pain, I heard from, heard from a mentor that if you are experiencing pain, pain is an acronym and it stands for pay attention inward now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you just beautifully explained that, that, you know, if you are experiencing this pain, like take a moment of reflection, like what didn't go well for you or what could you have done differently? Or what was your life like for the past month that it's showing up as pain in your body? during your period. So yeah, I think that that's a really good point to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so touching on control, the things that we can control or maybe should control, I really like talking about investing in your health. Um, I, a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or so, I was curious and I, I made a Facebook post and I asked my, my followers, like, how much do you spend on groceries every month? I'm curious. And I, w- I had a wide variety of answers of what people are spending on groceries. And so I want to talk about investing in our health and why it's important and Um, Or why do you think it's important to invest in health and how can people actually experience a return of investment? Because I think that people just think about spending money on produce and whatnot. Oh, they say it's so expensive. It's expensive to live healthily. But I actually see investing in your health as an investment. And investment implies that you're going to receive something in return from from paying for something. So could you share your, your thoughts on that and why you think it's important to to invest in health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it comes down to what kind of quality of life do you want to have? Mm. I think that's the first thing that I think of when I think of food and the quality of the food that you're eating. If you are going to treat your body like a garbage disposal and literally just throw stuff in without thinking about the consequences, you're, you can't expect to have a good quality of life. You just, you can't, it doesn't make any sense. And I know a lot of people use the analogy of the type of fuel you're putting in your car. My husband used to have an infinity and it could only have premium fuel. It couldn't have regular gas. It needed to have premium and it was more expensive. And he, but without it, he, he knew that he couldn't 
drive that vehicle. It wouldn't run properly. The engine would start to corrode and, and that was okay. And he, he kind of, he would bite the bullet because he knew that's what he needed to do to, so that his car would function optimally. But people don't transfer that knowledge onto their body. They seem to think that, and it's, I think it's not to their, it's not to their, it's not their fault because it's kind of what society tells us, right? Like we're, we really are just told that it's okay to, to eat fast food three, four, five times a week because you're in a rush and you're busy and at least you're eating food. Mm -hmm. But it's, I think now that we're starting to come to a realization that busyness is not all it's cracked up to be. It's not, it's not a good thing to be busy all the time. Mm -hmm. And said the generator, right? I know (laughs) it's really, it's really been, uh, I've had a lot of awakening moments this past year. (laughs) COVID forced us all to slow down, I think. And Mm -hmm. yeah. So the first like when it comes to quality of food and investing in good quality food, it's not always what it allows you to do in the future, but it's also what it prevents from happening in the future. So mm-hmm. I talked a little bit about genes and anyone who has studied genes or epigenetics will understand the concept that genes get turned on and when it comes to disease genes or genes that carry illness, um, for example, in my family, we have a history of lupus, diabetes, cervical cancer, um, and just digestive issues, psoriasis. Those are all in my family. I have psoriasis. That's the only one of those things that I have, but I was diagnosed at three years old with psoriasis. Somehow that gene got turned on at three years old. Most people don't get diagnosed until they're in their 20s. The more I've learned about functional medicine, I now understand that my toxic burden on my little three-year-old body was very high. And that can happen when kids are exposed to a lot of junk food. Depending on what your genes are, whatever you're predisposed to, certain genes can get turned on. So if you're going to eat a lot of crap for... 10, 15, 20, 50 years of your life, you're going to make it so that your body becomes more hospitable to turn on certain genes. Your body is not happy and healthy. It's becomes more of a toxic body. A toxic load is high and certain genes can get turned on. So if you aren't willing to invest in good quality food, If you're not willing to invest in good quality hygiene and personal care products that are not toxic, if you are working in a really toxic environment, if you even toxic relationships, any emotional trauma that can be held on to, and that can trigger genes to turn on. Mm -hmm. When we are in living in toxic environments and our toxic burden is high, we will turn on those genes and that will affect our quality of life. So it's this cycle. And if you look at, if you look at your body as a vessel of life that really just wants to thrive, it's not hard to treat it properly. And if you've been treating it poorly for years, it's not hard to, to help it become healthy again. I think what people just 
people don't realize the power that they have in their health. They think things are already decided for them. There's a, this predetermined path, it's fate, whatever you wanna call it. But the truth is we, are, we all have genes in us that can make us sick. We all have sick genes in us. It's kind of like how we all have cancer cells. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of being turned on. We just need to really focus on not allowing those genes to be triggered. And when they become triggered, then we need to learn what triggered them in the first place and kind of kind of backstep from there. And all we can do is move forward. All we can do is try and be as healthy as we can now. And the whole point of it is improving your quality of life. So nothing is nothing needs to be forever, but that's the whole point of investing in your health. It's to avoid that those genes from turning on. It's to keep your quality of life high. And it's, yeah, it's so that we can have healthy, happy babies that don't need to have a high toxic burden like I mm-hmm. did. No three-year-old should be diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. That's Yes. Yeah. But it's happening. It's happening more and more now. Pediatric cancers, kids are diagnosed with autoimmune disease all the time. Kids mm-hmm. have poor gut health. That wasn't an issue before. These are yeah. things that our environment has created. And... Mm-hmm. It's only an issue if we allow it to be an issue. Yeah, just need to take control. Absolutely. And speaking of children, you have two wonderful babies. Um, so as a, as a busy mom of two, you're, you're a wife, you're an entrepreneur. How do you prioritize and structure your life and, and create space in, in, your, in your life to maintain and optimize your health? Is there, is there a tip that you could give to our listeners that if they could start with one thing to, to start implementing a more healthy habits into their life, what would it be? Lists. <laughs> that would be the one tip. <laughs> you just need to make lots of lists. Um, Sorry, I actually didn't hear what you said at first, but lists, gotcha. I'm a big fan. Yeah, lists. I think we need lists for everything, especially as moms that are working from home, your mind is always going and it's so hard to, it's so hard to separate your mind from work to personal life. It's really, really hard that I feel like it's just all blurred together right now for so many of us and so instead of keeping it all in our head, I really find value in writing everything down. Um, I have lists on my phone. I have lists all around my house. I have lists, I have a little piece of paper by my bed. So if I can't sleep, I write it all down. I write down what I need to do the next day. I write down all the groceries that I need to buy. My kids are growing really quickly. I need to buy new clothes all the time for them. So I write down clothing items that I need. I write down everything. I write down thoughts and creative ideas and people I want to get in touch with. I just, it all goes on paper and it's just really, it really pulls it out of my head. But yeah, I, I have my two kids and life is busy. I think, oh, something else actually, because of COVID, that's a lifesaver is ordering groceries online. Mm. hallelujah for ordering <laughs> groceries online i i love to go grocery shopping but it's not always an option right now and so i order groceries online a lot and it's a huge time saver you can save your lists online 
it's a great way to make sure that you don't impulse buy things that maybe you shouldn't be buying. You have your list set up, you can just reorder things and it comes straight to your door. I get delivery all the time. So, well, I have to say lists are a huge thing for me as I I'm sitting in my office right now and I look to myself and I have five <laughs> lists that are taped to the wall beside me. I'm like, okay, yeah, those are my lists, but I have lists everywhere. There's something about like turning a thought from cerebral into the three-dimensional, like writing it down, like, and then it, it gives it like alleviates some anxiety and, you know, like, no, like I can forget about that now when I'm ready to like revisit that thought, I'll go look at that piece of paper. Right. So I totally relate to the list thing and I'm yet to try the groceries thing. <laughs> I remember you telling me about that the last time we were visiting and yeah, I, uh, I see a lot of value in it, especially about the, uh, the no impulse shopping. That's just, a takeaway that I have from you right now mm-hmm. like yeah because I think that might be a spot where a lot of people um get into a trap is the the impulse shopping oh uh these granola bars are on sale today or these chips are on sale today or whatever that is so that is definitely um something I've yet to try <laughs> <laughs> So some of our listeners are like us. They also have children. They have partners. And how do you encourage your children to adopt this lifestyle? I mean, I know that your your son is still breastfeeding, not eating food yet. But how do you um, how do you uh, cope with getting your daughter to eat vegetables? And and was it difficult to get your partner on board when you started implementing these changes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really lucky. My husband Ben has been on board with me with all my crazy fad diets since the beginning. So (laughs) he might not always like it, but he's along for the ride. And he knows that if I'm the one that's buying groceries, then he just kind of has to go with the flow and he's very easy (laughs) going. So it works out, but I try, we definitely, uh, we are different in the ways that we like to prepare food. I know I've mentioned this to you. I'm a very intuitive cooker Mm -hmm. I like to just (laughs) take whatever I open the fridge and whatever's calling to me is what we're eating that night so I don't really meal prep I don't I make sure we have our fridge is always full of really good food and then I go from there Uh, my husband loves to cook based on recipes so if he's going to be cooking then we'll kind of have some recipe ideas for the week make sure that I have that stuff in the fridge so that he can actively cook and be a part of the food process in our home um, and have a say in what we're what we're eating we eat whole foods that's that's the premise so what whole foods are is basically food in its natural form we don't always eat raw by any means I cook a lot of our food but uh, we try and make our own like pasta sauce when we can make our own bread when we can um, when we're buying things like uh what would we buy that's more processed I guess cheese would be one I try and buy good quality cheese um my daughter loves kefir or kefir milk kefir so it's a it's kind of like a liquid yogurt that's more of a processed thing that we we incorporate in our life because that's how she gets a lot of her 
her protein right now because she is so picky. So we there needs to be give and take. When it comes to getting my daughter to eat what we are eating, I find the best approach is first of all to allow her to graze while I'm cooking. She's almost three. So she's really at this picky age where she's going through a bunch of phases with texture and with color and with taste. And so we really can't always force her and expect her to eat exactly what we're eating. We, she likes to have noodles by themselves instead of with sauce on them. She likes to have eggs in a, her own little bowl. Aside, it can't touch any of her other foods. We really need to work with her on catering to her needs while also catering to her nutritional needs. Mm-hmm. So I ask her what she wants to eat. Uh, I'll give her two options. This is a common strategy, even with coaching, when you give people two options, instead of asking them the open-ended question, what do you want? Yeah, It it's, makes it a lot easier for her to feel like she's gratified and having a choice. And I'm happy because I know that her two choices are both healthy. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good strategy for her. I try and give a lot of different textures with her meals. Um, she likes to like apples and peanut butter is a really good one for her. And when she gets tired of that, then we'll rotate to something else. Like she likes things that with dipping. So anything with hummus or with guacamole, those are really healthy foods. And as, as long as she can dip something in it, make a big mess, she, and then she loves it. So <laughs> that's basically, that's where we're at right now. It's changing all the time. It's not easy to feed kids, but I'm really just enjoying breastfeeding Ezra and knowing that so long as I eat good foods, he's getting good foods. So (laughs) enjoying that easy stage of having a little, a little baby. Yeah. Noah recently stopped breastfeeding and it was honestly like such a heartbreaking moment uh, because that, that meant that that phase in both of our lives was over. Um, but now we're on to the phase of he eats only solid food. And yeah, it's been a bit of a struggle. Sometimes he's super easy. He'll eat anything you put in front of him. But then other days he'll have, he'll be fussy and be like, well, you liked this yesterday. Why don't you like it today? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. So yeah, that's been a bit of a battle. Um, So I look forward to when he can actually like effectively communicate through talking and he can understand me when I ask him, would you like this? Or would you like this? He only understands Nana right now. And that's (laughs) banana. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Yeah. So luckily my kid loves bananas. So I'm not going to complain about him enjoying bananas. (laughs) my favorite too yes so I know for myself when I first uh became interested in in uh looking at food from a holistic perspective I came across a book that really changed my perspective I think it was called um life-changing foods or something like that I don't even remember but it really like changed my perspective so I wonder like was there something for you that you came across that really like struck a nerve with you that maybe spoke to you in such a way because it talked about the symptoms you were experiencing. Was there a piece of literature that you came across that really made you change your perspective and, and pursue this, this uh, 
journey that you've been on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, there was two books actually. Here, I'll grab them. I have them right here. These two books definitely changed my life. So the first, I mentioned Stephen Cabral. This book is called The Rain Barrel Effect. And when I was talking about toxic burden and having a heavy toxic load on your body, I learned that from this book and it completely changed how I viewed health and how I took responsibility for, for where I was at and where I was going. This book, yeah, highly, highly recommend The Rain Barrel Effect. When it comes to, this is not related to food, but it's a book called Earthing and it's by Clinton Ober. I don't know if you've ever read this, Amber. No. It, it's great. It's actually one of the few books you can actually find on earthing. And for anyone that might not be familiar with the term earthing or grounding, it has to do with the healing powers, connecting your body to the healing powers of the earth. Mm. And the idea is that we are so exposed to positive ions around technology and just our homes being completely electrified. We're very separate, separated from the earth and the healing properties. And when we're exposed to things like waterfalls or large bodies of water, or even walking in the grass barefoot, all those negative ions are, they kind of rejuvenate our body again. And there's a lot of healing benefits to that. So those two books were huge for helping me to see um, the power that I could have in my health and the power that the earth could have in, in aiding my health too. Mm, I love that you talked about grounding. How has, okay. So knowing that you implement um, grounding or earthing as well as all of your other holistic practices, how has that really like changed your relationship with your spirit? I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, I think it's um, such a journey, hey? And for me, it was really having my kids that helped me to feel like I was closer to, to spirit and feeling like I was coming into who I was supposed to be, remembering who I am. Um, yeah, it's so hard. It's hard. I'm trying to pinpoint exactly when I became aware of of my role here and when that relationship changed, but I can't, it's all been such a process and it's so gradual. And I feel like the more that I've learned to kind of surrender to what my purpose is while at the same time gaining control of my life and my, my choices, it's just, it helps me to stay on that, find my path, I guess, not stay on it. Cause I've never really been on it. I just keep, I keep aiming for the path that I know is least resistance and I'm finally finding it. I feel like life just gets easier but when you're more open and when you find, when, you, when you're in this state of feeling like you have control over yourself and you're in healthy relationships and you feel good in your body, you're not in pain all the time you're not in this survival response anymore and you can open yourself up to the world around you and really just take opportunities for what they are, receive, actually receive gifts and receive energy from other people without feeling 
almost guilty for taking it. It's, it's a really incredible place to be in. And I, life is just easy. That's the easiest way for me to say it. Choices pop up, opportunities pop up when you're aligned. And me finding uh, this program, finding these books, finding these mentors, everything has led me to where I am now. It's all opening up. My picture is not anywhere near being complete of who I am, but I have discovered so much more about myself in the past couple of years than the whole 25 years prior. Like these last five years have been huge for me. And I think that it'll just continue to happen. I'm going to continue to learn who I am and remember who I am and what my purpose is here. But yeah, taking responsibility for my health is where it, where it all started. Mm. I also, I appreciate how you touched on um, receiving. I think that um, in a world where we are so focused on the hustle and bustle and being busy, getting shit done, like there, we don't give ourselves enough opportunity to rest. And what um, people fail to realize is that when you're resting, that is when you are open to receiving. That is when we experience those instinctual or intuitive nudges to, mm-hmm. to go down a certain path or to accept this opportunity or whatever it may be. Like when we're resting, that is when we um, give our bodies a break and allow our receiving muscles to come into play and to uh to practice their, their use. And the more that you allow yourself to rest, or even I'm not talking about like sitting on the couch and like watching TV. I'm talking about taking that, that walk and allowing your feet to touch the grass or, you know, doing those grounding techniques or meditation, whatever rest looks like to you, that is an opportunity for you to receive. And um, instead of just giving and giving and giving and giving all day, like we're all like, we're pouring from empty cups. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, taking radical responsibility for your health, like not only like nutritionally, but like mind, body, and spirit, it's all, they're all connected. And we need to take care of mind, body, and spirit to like, really like paint that bigger whole picture of, of living a, uh, an optimized life. Completely. Yeah. Actually mm-hmm. talking about ideas and opening yourself up so that things can come to you at nighttime. That's what started happening for me. I don't know if that's claircognizance or clairvoyance. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was about five years ago and I started to wake up at night and all of these, it was just an, an import of ideas and I would get so excited. I would, I would, I was just receiving. I was just in this receiving state. I was starting to open myself up and I would be awake for three hours at nighttime sometimes and I could not sleep. I was so excited and I'd have to write down all of the thoughts coming to me or I'd put them in my phone and then I'd look at them the next day. And it was almost like I forgot. I forgot all those thoughts I had the night before. It's like I was fully present, but it's almost like I don't want to say channeling because I know I don't have that gift. But it was it's amazing when you're open mm-hmm. and the things that can come to you that are not it's not your thoughts. It's almost like it's, it's more than that. And that's when you know you're truly connected because mm-hmm. 
I would share these things with my husband or I'd share all these ideas for things we could do in the future. And he'd look at me like I was like, where did this come from? Like, what, what are you talking about? And I was so excited about it because I knew, Mm -hmm. I knew this was truth and I knew it was, yeah, it's, it's really powerful when those, when those things start to happen. And when you, when you realize that those are, those are signs that you're, those are whispers that you're on the right path. Yes, the whispers, totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I just got a couple more questions for you before we, we finish up on the podcast here. Um, I'd like to know if you could only have three different foods for the rest of your life, what would they be and why? I'm so <laughs> curious to your answer. Bananas is number one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bananas. Um, so bananas, avocado, and chickpeas. Those are my mm-hmm. those are my three staples. I've talked a little bit about the guacamole and the hummus. Mm-hmm. I really like foods that are really versatile, where mm-hmm. you can eat them mashed up, or you can eat them whole, or like where you can change the texture of the food and it's still really good. Mm-hmm. I love that, and I feel like my daughter does too. So these foods are staples in our house right now. Um, they're all, they're, they're complete proteins. They're complete fats. They're really good sources of, of all of the micro and macronutrients that you need. So that, yeah, this was a really simple one for me to answer because this is this our life right now. I feel like most days I'm living off of chickpeas and bananas, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. But those are definitely, definitely my favorites. I love avocado. Like guacamole is, is my jam. Like if I, I get compliments on my guacamole because it is like my (laughs) one food that I have mastered because I love it so much. I put so much love and care into my guacamole and I always make sure to use like the best onion. You need a juicy onion in there, some fresh garlic yeah love guacamole Mm -hmm. I also read that um avocados uh uh, when considering nutrients they are the closest food that resembles uh breast milk oh I've never heard that yeah so um that is why they are so good for you. They are like a, a perfect balance of like the, mm. of sugar, carb, protein, I think. Um, and it, and that is like the most similar to uh, breast milk is. Yeah. So that's, that's really incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I know that for our daughter, for kids in general, you're trying to shove as much healthy fats into them as possible because their brains mm-hmm. are developing. Right. Yeah, the brain, the brain is all fat. And so, yeah, that's when our daughter was transitioning, even when she wasn't being weaned, when she was still being breastfed, she loved avocado. And I'd mix some of her breast milk with the avocado and make her this little avo paste. And she loved it. So that's so cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you betcha. So can you tell us, um, what you offer for terms of service, like working with you one-on-one in your coaching, what is, what do you offer and how do we, how do we work with you? Mm -hmm. So as of 
last month, I was only doing one-on-one coaching and I love one-on-one coaching, but I've decided to expand on my offerings for 2021. And it's just because I need to be really diligent with my time right now. My son is still young and my windows of opportunity of not being, of him not being attached to me are small. So I've decided to take on more group work. So I do group detoxes, uh, functional medicine detoxes and group heavy metal detoxes and starting a group uh, fertility preparation and pregnancy preparation group. Um, Those are all online and virtual because that's kind of how the world is right now. But those those are new projects and I'm really excited about those. I also have a website where I, where I post blogs and I, I like to do writing when I have time on the side. Um, but for now, I've really just been focusing on my coaching. So yeah, I do one-on-one coaching and group coaching. Thank you. And where can we, where can we find you in the online world? What's your website? Um, are you on Instagram? Well, I know you on Instagram, but can you share our listeners about your Instagram info or where can we find you? Yeah, so my business is called Tinio Holistic Wellness, but my social media handle is Tinio Wellness. So T-I-N-I-O. And you can find me on Instagram. I have a page on Facebook. I think I have a Twitter account. Don't follow that because I'm, <laughs> I'm not an active Twitter user. But I also have my website and that's where my, my blog is. And there's a newsletter there that you can sign up for. And that's at TinioWellness.com. And we'll put that all in the show notes as well. So listeners, you can click on the links below and you can find Tessa. Um, Great. Thank you so much. Is there any um, last thoughts that you have that you want to share with our listeners before we close this episode? Yeah, um, I think just that nothing is final. Nothing, no label defines who you are. Nothing, nothing is final. You get to decide your destiny. And you get to decide what your purpose and passion are and what your, what your role is going to be and the role that your disease or diagnosis is going to play in all of that. We get to decide who we are. We get to take control of our health. And yeah, and I'm, I'm here to help people do that. Thank you. Yes, totally agree with you. Snapping, that noise, <laughs> snapping, because that, yeah, loving that alignment there. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Tessa. It's been an honor talking with you. And I hope our listeners will go and check you out. If you had any major breakthroughs or takeaways, feel free to screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram, share with us your feedback and breakthroughs, because we'd love to hear that from you. So again, thank you for coming on today. And listeners, I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am truly honored that you have entrusted me to fill your cup with all the good stuff. If this episode blew your mind, please show me some love by downloading and subscribing a small, simple action that helps me share my mission with more people. Did you have any major breakthroughs? I want to hear about them by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on Instagram or Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram at 
confidently.amber for daily confidence building tips and updates about my workshops, programs, and freebies. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude, and I look forward to connecting in the next episode. Mwah.